It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Hey, here we are in the ultimate Cleveland sports show, a Friday edition, 90 minutes. Well, that's a lie. Technically, we've got about, I don't know, about 84 minutes, 85 minutes left on the YouTube show. And then 30 minutes on Channel 3 WKYC. Jason is back from Arizona. Glad to see you got dressed. I I just, by the way, I'll tell the story real quick. Okay? (laughs) Before Jason alluded to it. So, I'm driving into work. On Fridays, I wear a little bit of a nicer shirt, like my nice button down, right? (laughs) It's your nice church shirt. Yeah, I don't don't like to wear it while I'm driving in because I don't want it to be wrinkly. So, I keep it on a hanger in my car. Usually... I just leave it in my car. It's, it's at the cleaners or in my car almost all the time. But I had brought it into the house on the day it was snowing because I had my son and his friend in the backseat, whatever. So, okay. So, today I have the, ha- the, the shirt ready to go, but I never put it in the car. Unfortunately, I didn't realize it until I got off the highway in downtown Cleveland. The second I got off the highway, I was like, oh, damn, I forgot the shirt. And it was like 10.30. What time did I call you, Mike? 10.30? 10.32. So it was 10.32. I get off the highway on Superior. For those who know, if you're going uh, east, getting off on Superior on 90, the only way to get back on is to immediately, you make the left turn onto Superior and then immediately make another left. So I had just made the left. I called Mike. I'm like, Mike, decide right now. I do the shirt with a hoodie or I drive home, maybe be five minutes late and go get my button down shirt. He's like, I'm like, you got to tell me right now. He's like, go home. I'm like, all right. So I, get, I make the left. I get back on the highway. I call my wife. I'm like, sweetie, get my shirt. Get in the car. Call me when you're on 90, and we'll get off the highway somewhere and meet. Yeah. Because I didn't want. I don't. You know, I don't want to be late. I take pride in never being late. And I, I, you know, you never lived in town if you were late. Exactly. Exactly. Especially because Mike was busting my balls yesterday about, are you going to be in vacation mode? Which I don't do. I don't believe in I that. I texted you again this morning. And he texted me, kind of joking. Hey, stay focused till 1 o'clock. I know you're on vacation, which, I listen, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, so I'm focused. So, my wife calls me when she gets on 90. When she called me, I was just about, like, on the Cleveland-Lakewood border on 90. I'm like, all right, I'm getting off on West 140th. I'm going to pull into the gas station there. Meet me at the gas station. Perfect timing. She gets there. Looks like we're doing a drug deal at the gas station. <laughs> Except it's a shirt. shirt. <laughs> you know, I, I, and I look at I'm like, all right, take me. I, I'm like, it's going to take me 10 minutes from here, 10, 12 minutes maybe. And it was uh, 10.43 at that point, or 44. I'm like, Mike, I'm going to make it. 10.55, and I was here exactly. T- In fact, and I still beat G. I still beat G. Bush <laughs> by about 10 seconds. See, what you didn't know, what you don't know, what you yeah. didn't know, I had the same thing that kind of happened. I was like, yo, I was up and moving around, and I got in my car, and I was like, man, I got sweatpants on, so I called my wife, too. <laughs> I told her, go to the mall and buy the flyest jacket you can find. <laughs> Bring it here, and I'm going to go to work. And there then it that's, is. That's it how is I got sweet. here. That's how I got here. It is a sweet jacket. Jason, ah! 
So Jason, who was uh, in Arizona, I believe, at this time yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, was the first one here today. So yeah, good exactly. job that's crazy. Here. Did you get a red eye or something? No, I was, it was normal. <laughs> I, I was bummed, actually, on the flight home last night because I had to connect in Denver. I left around lunchtime, Arizona time, connected in Denver. Everything was delayed. Everything, I guess there was snow somewhere yesterday. And it was messed there? up everything because yeah. all the planes had to go through DIC. And so Denver's everything a pain was in the ass. Airport so big. Yeah, I, I was, I, yeah. I was good. I had yeah. uh, the, I was fine. You were fine. But uh, the plane ride home last night, they had this thing that I, I just stumbled into it. Terry Francona and Joe Madden sat down to watch Game Seven together. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I really wanted to watch that. Well, that yeah. sounds like I it didn't was get fun. a chance to watch it yet. Well, the the, the Directv was out on the flight uh, home, so I couldn't. All I could watch was some stupid Bond movie for Tom Cruise. I didn't really want to watch. <laughs> and there's nothing else on. Yeah. So, so I just you so I, yeah. So I watched that. But Arizona was good. I was out there four or five days around the Guardians. Yeah. Uh, I know we got a ton of stuff to get to. Yeah. Do I do you want? Can I take like thirty seconds to yeah, do like yeah, recap? Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Some interesting. And we'll get things. more from Jay's going to be there later, so we'll have more from him. Interesting but. things that jumped out at me. Number yeah. one, actually, Stephen Vogt sort of slid this in very strategically and subtly yesterday. That, oh uh, yeah, Tyler Freeman's been taking reps in center field as well. So, sort of keep an eye on. Feeling that. Go- I'm feeling good about Miles Straw not being a starter. He's not going to be. Good. I don't think. Yeah. I don't, I I, th- I think they want Florial to grab onto that job. Yes, sure. But the Tyler, because after he was done, I looked at Zach Miles. I'm like, was that like? He goes, yeah, that was not. Like they mentioned that he would get it, but like Steven, it seemed to very pointedly want it yes. out there that that Tyler is also taking reps in center field. So I would imagine, unless everybody falls on their face, there'll probably be a new center fielder. Quan is staying in left. Yeah. Steven directly said, I, don't, I can't remember if we talked about that on the show when I was on the other day or not. Everything's running together. He said, Steven's our left fielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have other candidates for, he, we got plenty yeah. of other guys who can play. Something. He also said Jose's going to bat second, which I like. Second or third. Second or oh, third. He should be. Oh, I thought he was definitely moving him up to second. Uh, I, I think he said he was looking at second or third. Yeah, yeah. He's well, st- he should be batting second. The higher you are in the lineup, the more at bats you get. Well, I joke, uh, yeah. somewhat jokingly asked him, I said, what about leadoff? Like, yeah. Judge led off for the Yankees right. and it's 60 home runs. Kyle Schwarber leads off for the Phillies. Yeah, and, and Vogt was like, yeah, no, we're not going that far. He's not going to lead off. That's fine. I, I think because they like Quan. Yeah, that's, that's fine, Quan. but he should bat second. And part of the reason those guys lead off on those teams is because those lineups are deeper, so right. you're not going to lose RBIs, right. whereas the Guardians lineup, right. you're not going to get that many RBI opportunities batting leadoff. But but anyway, we'll get more to that later. Jay's going to join us for, for spring training. There's plenty to talk about. But let's go to Mikey McNuggets. And a little tease for Jay's hit coming up in the show. Yeah. He talked to all the players. We're going to hear from a bunch of players. But the last sound bite Jay's going to play for us is very special and worth your, your bottom okay. dollar to stick around for. Looking so I can't wait for that to be played here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're going to get into our first topic. But before that, a quick word from FanDuel. Get buckets on your first bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA an official sportsbook partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And as always, if you have a winning ticket, make sure you guys send it in to us and we will feature it on the show. The Cavs did not win last night. We had no winning tickets because a lot of people Mm. had money on the Cavs. We'll talk about them in a sec, but we're going to start today 
in free agency with the Cleveland Browns. And we're going big game hunting, guys. Yes. We spent a few days talking about receivers. We did Mike Williams yesterday. We did Mike Evans earlier in the week. We did the blind dating game. So for the sake of this discussion, none of the receivers are included. I picked some of the biggest other upcoming free agents. Some of these guys will probably be tagged. But for the sake of this, we're going to pretend they all hit the open market. And I need you to tell the viewers and tell me which one of these guys you think would be the best fit within the Browns scheme and whether or not player X would be worth backing up the Brinks truck for. I thought you – yesterday you said we could – Yeah, you could say yes to all of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying not, this You player. just said who would be the best. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I did phrase that wrong. Yeah. Would this player be a great fit got, in the Browns? Got, okay. And got is it. he worth backing up huh. the Brinks truck for? We're going to go one at a time. So I'll give right. you a player. You guys tell me if this right. player would be worth yes. giving a massive contract Sounds to like a, in, a, in situation. Sounds like a good, good plan. Go ahead. Okay, we'll start. Yeah. The biggest fish out there. Chris Jones, if he were to hit the open market, is this a player you'd be okay with Andrew Barry backing up the Brinks truck for and him fitting seamlessly in this Cleveland Browns defense? Uh, for me, guys, that's 100% yes, obviously. And he's older, so you, you know, you'd want to be careful how many years you guaranteed. But this guy is, has proven he's an impact player on a championship team. Uh, he would, I mean, he'd make a massive difference for the Browns. This is a trick question. Yeah. Like, is this like, like I, I don't – I'm confused why you act like like I don't have Operation Stockpile out there. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'll take him, his his mother-in-law, uh, his uncle. We'll, we'll package deal. What you want, bro? Like, come on through. Yeah, stop. I, I might not even want no receivers. It's like I was lying. I still want Chris Jones and receivers. Yes. Yeah, this is this one's easy. Yeah. But as we go forward on these, are are we supposed to be? You know me. Are we supposed to be realistic with this, or is this fantasy land where there no, this is, is no fantasy cap? land? Would you back the Brinks truck up <laughs> yeah. for this player? Okay, so now, like I said, some of these will be easier. Chris Jones, the biggest fish. I assume yeah. everyone would say yes. So that was easy. Right. So, so hold on. I, but I I, mean, I, but you, you can't. You don't want to just say yes to everybody because if the guy's not worth in the the, the Brinks truck for, then you say, well, you know, I might want him, but I wouldn't pay an, I, an unlimited amount. Hey, listen. Chris Jones with Miles Garrett is so good. Yeah, I mean Chris that, Jones is a superstar. That that you could afford Deshaun Watson playing average. He's I won't be, go that but, far. By the way, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> you could be average. By the way, <laughs> all right, we we got to get here because we're, we're we're starting already. We got to get uh, G. Bush and, and and Earl are already laying the groundwork for uninspiring play for Deshaun Watson, and I don't like it. I don't like what I'm hearing. Uh, Earl did it yesterday, and now G. Bush just did it now. Unacceptable. The Browns did not trade for him for mediocrity. Hey, listen. They traded for him for greatness. And now they're blowing up their entire offense for him. And 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 now and if Ken Dorsey calls plays, it's a sham and it's been forced on Kevin Stefanski. So I don't want to hear about mediocrity with Deshaun Watson. If he, he better play like a star, or I don't want to hear it. Hey, listen, he could play with Chris Jones, he could play average and they still make the playoffs. They ain't winning nothing if he's playing average. Hey, listen, I just said average. I, I said playoffs. I didn't say Super Unacceptable. Bowl. Unacceptable average. Go ahead. So we all agree on Chris Jones. He was the biggest fish. Yeah. I assumed everyone would say yes. The next six, maybe we'll all agree on, but I, I, I think there'll be some more dissension. We'll stay with the same position, though. Justin Matabike, who we'll talk about a little later on the TV show as well, if he's not franchise tagged by the Ravens, would Justin Matabike be a good fit for the Browns and a player you'd be comfortable Andrew Barry giving a giant contract to? Gee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see him play last year? <laughs> of course I would. 
Well, I mean, you, you that's 13 sacks from a defensive tackle. Let me just repeat that. 13 sacks from a defensive tackle is like the equivalent of a defensive back getting 15 picks in a year. Like, yes, I take him and I'll plug him in. Now, he ain't good as Chris Jones, but I mean, this but guy a lot would, younger than Chris. He Jones. would transform a lot of stuff. Like you, the Browns defense will be lit. Jason, Baltimore's not letting him go, but yes. I mean, if we're playing fantasy land, yeah, yeah, of course, bring him on. Yes, how would that not be a good fit? I actually, I think they're okay at tackle right yeah. now, but he would certainly be an upgrade over what they have. I mean, I would, I would actually want him even more than Chris, Chris Jones because he's younger. Yeah, I mean, Chris Jones is more pro- a proven entity, but this guy's just. Reaching his stardom, I think. Why would they let him go? How old is well, he? Well, they wouldn't. How old do we? How old is he? Was a third round pick, so he had a four year contract. Yeah. Twenty five or twenty six. I mean, Ooh, Chris Jones is what thirty, thirty one. Justin Matabike is twenty, twenty six years old, and Chris Jones is. Chris Jones is twenty nine, about to turn thirty. Oh, hey, I'm still taking Chris Jones. I, I forgot. I didn't know he was that young. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, he was 32, 33. He's, he's still four years older. I obviously I'd I'd back up the truck for either of them. But if I had to choose, I'd actually take him out of BK because I don't care how much guaranteed money I get. I, he's gonna he's I know I well, I'm confident he's gonna be very good for the next four or five years. I'm a, I don't know if Chris Jones is gonna be good for four Chris, or five years. I've seen Chris Jones dominate a Super Bowl. Hey, listen. By fair, himself. Fair. And I the only other defensive tackle I seen do that. Was was it was him? And you already know who that is, yeah. Aaron Donald. Nobody's better than him. So D tackle. So yeah. before we move on to the next position, those are the only two D tackles on the list. Okay. If the Browns were to make an acquisition at D tackle, not one of these two, but just above the average, but a Dalvin Tomlinson level guy. You guys be okay I with the do Browns that. spending money? A Dalvin Tomlinson type guy doesn't make any sense for the Browns. What What do you mean? Because you can't spend that kind of money on two pretty good defensive tackles. That doesn't make sense. That's not a position where I can't, I can't. Dalvin Tomlinson is a good, solid defensive tackle. He's not a game changer. He's not those guys. Yeah. So if I'm going to spend big on another defensive tackle, it's a superstar or I'll just get a solid guy. It's either filling it or getting a. Yeah, a guy. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not, I don't want the tier two type of defensive tackle. I can't, I can't spend that kind of money on two tier two defensive G tackle. and Jason do agree. That's with how that. I feel. No, I'm with bull. Yeah. I'm, I'm listen. I'm not getting no spot fillers. Um, I don't want nobody just a placeholder. I need like when you see 13 sacks at defensive tackle, that means elite. That means like, come on now. Like, that's crazy. I don't want no guy that's just up here, just up front, taking up double teams. That don't make no sense. Go ahead. All right, moving on. Let's yeah. go to the offensive side of the ball. Saquon Barkley will not be back with the New York Giants next season. They have said they are going to let him test the free agent market. G. Bush, I'll start with you. If Saquon were to hit the free agency market, knowing what we know about Nick Chubb, the, I'll say possible and also most likely situation of a restructure with Chubb, would you be willing to give Saquon Barkley a bag this offseason? Listen, let me tell you this. Um, Nick Chubb has been always better with two, uh, the two-back system. Uh, given the fact that, you know, he might not even be ready to go <clears throat> and getting his money off until week six. This is an important position to me. Um, and I, I said Saquon Barkley's name last year um, going into the offseason. Can you imagine having Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb in the backfield? That is crazy. 
and he is a, he's a better third down back than, than, him, than Chubb. Uh, he has been injured. Now, that's the only reason I would be like, yo, I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to see if I want to go down that road. He's been injured. But I will say this. Um, if I could get Saquon Barkley, I'd be willing to take a Mike Williams. And now I think the Cleveland Browns is ready to roll. I think they need another running back. People may say that Chubb already got to take a pay cut, but I would look at Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I'm out on Saquon. There's Barkley. not enough oxygen for you. Got to pick between yeah. Barkley and Chubb. But yeah, I don't want Barkley. I think he's overrated. I think he hasn't been the same player since the second year of the league. You look at it. I'm looking at his yard. He's just he's not the back he was when he first came in the league. He's, he's complete boomer bust. Yeah, I mean I. I don't know. I don't see the greatness in him. I, I mean, the, the Giants is trash. They've been trash. They don't got a line. They don't got a quarterback. They don't got Nick receivers. Chubb had, Nick Chubb had some good years when the Browns were trash, too. Well, I mean, I, I, the Browns. Christian of, McCaffrey had good years when the Carolina Panthers were trash. I mean, the, Derrick Henry had good years when the tight, Titans stunk. So the, I, the Browns have had yeah. one of the top five lines for the four or five years. That's, that's not yeah, a or when Nick Chubb first came in the league, I don't know that their line was that good besides Joe Thomas. I mean. Maybe Batonio. That's about it. I mean, he's played behind some pretty good lines. Here's what I'm saying. But you know what? If the Giants line so bad, then why did Barkley put up those big numbers his first two years? They weren't good then I either. mean, but we, do we want everybody to be Superman? Sometimes you're I, good. I'm just not spent. Saquon Barkley thinks he's an elite back. I don't think he is. I'll put it to you like this. Yeah. He is a he is a massive upgrade from Jerome Ford, and he is an insurance policy if Nick Chubb comes back and is not I, Nick Chubb. I don't know. I mean, Jerome Ford averaged more yards per carry. That's not the only stat in the book. You know, he's not better than Saquon Barkley. I, I, no, he's, I don't think he is either. But <laughs> I, I just don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be worth the money he wants. So I'm I'm out, Jason. Barkley had a massive year, not this year, last year, two years just, ago. Yeah, he wasn't. He's not that far removed from a pretty great year. But I just. I mean, at some point, we have to somehow tether this to reality. Yeah. And reality is tethering. Reality is you can't, you're not going to have Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley. You're going to have to choose one or the other. Decide. Well, the Chubb ain't Chubb. And you already go ask Chubb to take less money, right? Even last year, Jason, when he was still good, you know, statistically, he was pretty good, uh, 22. He, to me, watching him, you know, I thought I watched the Giants every week, but I watched him en- enough. Yeah. He just, to me, doesn't have that same burst and explosiveness that he had in his first couple of years. Sometimes, I, here's the thing what we yeah. get on running backs. Yeah. If the running back is good, we'd be like, oh, they're good, but it, does it really matter? You can get a running back and they could get the same yards. But if the running back is bad, they're like, why didn't you put those yards up? I, I, you're supposed to be making people in a hole miss? You're supposed to catch 90 balls? You're, like, for me... I always say yes because it is. I, I'm oper- operating under the assumption that y'all got two years. You got two years to get this off. Two? You got one. So so my thing is. But I want a different running back. I want. Okay. I don't want Jerome Ford. I, I'm with you. Okay. I don't want to settle for Jerome Ford, well, it, it, I, in, especially in this la-la land. So I'll take, you, I'll take what you're saying. You're saying that you'll take another back. You just don't like this one particularly. That's it. Especially when I think, even if I want to go that, that veteran route, like, I, I could get an Austin Eckler and a Joe Mixon ch- way cheaper than I could get Barkley, and I'm not sure there's much of a difference. I could go – the guy I really want is Zach Moss. Well, there you, you go. You had get a him, year last year. You could get him for pennies on a dollar. That, that's true. Uh, maybe four or five million bucks, and uh, Zach Moss had a really nice year. He did. Uh, with the Colts. Yep. All right, Mike. Moving next. on, back to the defensive side of the ball. This player – just like Saquon, will almost certainly hit the real free agent market. It doesn't appear like there's a 
tag play in or a tag play in the near future. <laughs> a tag play. A tag situation like in the near future. That's not like and some college stuff. But contract yeah, right. extension uh, is looking more and more We're not unlikely. Not an Emerson here, Mike. I know. It's looking more and more unlikely if you read the reports out of Carolina. But yeah. Brian Burns, the young, talented pass rusher, teaming him up with Miles Garrett on the other edge. Jason, is that a match made in heaven, or would that be too much to pay for an elite pass rusher on a contract that – as a 26-year-old, 25-year-old pass rusher, is going to be uh, quite expensive. No, I, I, I do think that they – that's one of the spots where I think they need to look this year is the, the edge rusher opposite of Miles. What are you going to do there? That's, it's been a problem for – aside from Jadavian Clowney's first year in Cleveland, it's been an issue really since he got here. So – and if you can find someone a little bit on the younger side, sure, and invest, that, and invest some dollars in, I, I would be fine with that. Guys, he's a no-brainer, and here's why. First, not only is he really good, he's missed three games in his career in five years. That's it. He's played all but three games in his career. Now, he had his second lowest sack total this year, but he had nothing around him in Carolina. Yeah. And teams were running a lot. Uh, he, but, but he's never had less than seven and a half sacks in five years in the league, including his rookie year, seven and a half sacks. He's played mostly with lousy talent around him. Uh, this guy's a no-brainer, and he's young. He's, I think he's just going to turn 26 next month or in he's, April. Yeah, he's 25 and yeah. 306 days. Yeah, so, so he's about to turn 26. Months. Prime of his career, that, no Those brainer. are the guys to That's target. It. Yep. Gee, those are the uh, hardest ones to find in free. Yeah, he, 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 he a young dude, eight sacks, okay. Um, well, you act like I, I'm looking at names or, or – you know, you're in. You're in on everybody. Operation Stockpile. What are you talking about? If you can get him, go yeah. get him. You, is there a reason why we shouldn't go get him? Like, and plus, you've been looking for, I, I mean, you got Olivier Vernon. You got, uh, you got Emmanuel Ogba. You got uh, the Jadavian Clownies. And Zedarius. then you had Zadarius Smith. Those are all the sidekicks, right? Out of all of those sidekicks, I think Burns is better than those guys. And Burns, unlike... The other, the other defensive players we talked about, as you said, is going to get the free agency most likely. He would be a guy worth, re- like, realistically going crazy for. Ugh. So, I got one thing to say, then I got a secondary question yeah. on Burns. Uh, I do think Burns is a stud. A legitimate, bona fide, opposite-end pass rusher that mm-hmm. would compliment Miles Garrett. And Earl asked me this this morning. I thought it was a fascinating question. Mm-hmm. If I said you have a choice between one of these two... Who would you take, Burns or T. Higgins? Come on, man. It's not going to be a choice because T. Higgins will not be a free agent. I'm just saying, in a world where both of these guys. I'd still take T. Higgins. Even though Brian Burns is probably a slightly better end than T. Higgins as a wide receiver, but it's close. I'd take T. Higgins. It's an offensive game, and I got a good defense already. The only way I would, like, the only defensive player that I would be like, okay, well, we're not going to get no T. T. Higgins. I'd have to have Chris Jones. Like it would have to be like, oh, you got Chris Jones and Miles Garrett. You're not, you're not doing nothing on them. Uh, I would take, but other than that, T. Higgins is is definitely overall that. Jason, at some point, the answer is T. Higgins. Yeah. But at some point, you have to rely on your quarterback to make the receivers better. That's what the elite. Which is why they do. paid what they did for. That's Joe exactly Watson. right. Yes. And for all the conversations about they have to upgrade the talent receiver, and they do, it also falls on the quarterback to make the guys around That's him correct. Better. That's what the elite quarterbacks in this league do. So a lot of the time, I would probably say the defensive guy, but I do think T. Higgins 
is really good and is in that special class to where I would take it. Here's where I disagree. I, I don't disagree with your premise. I disagree that, that that premise doesn't go for this era. Like, yeah, if we were in an era where Patrick Mahomes didn't exist, you could say, I'm going to just trust my quarterback to make everybody better. Deshaun Watson, if he made them, if he upgraded all of them to 100%, the Browns still will have a hard time beating the Chiefs. He just would. I mean, he's got better talent around them than the Chiefs do. At, at receiver, absolutely. But, receiver. But, Outside but, of tight end. But Patrick Mahomes is Jordan. Agreed. He don't, Jordan don't need, Jordan can roll with Paxson. That, that you, does, the Cavs can't roll with Paxson. That doesn't mean that Deshaun Watson shouldn't be able to make players better around them, which he hasn't so far. Okay, and if he does, and he yeah. elevates the game, yeah. I'm looking I'm looking at the, the, the huge thing. Okay, you elevate, you had a nice season. Nice seasons ain't got nothing to do with the playoffs. Not elevate, like, you can, ain't no, it ain't no more, like, elevating Elijah Moore to his 100%, that ain't gonna get nothing done. Well, I mean, last year, people were talking about 1,000 yards. That was ridiculous. So, but we tripped. Jason's point is fair. Some of it's on Deshaun Watson. It is, it is. There's no doubt. But the the other thing you got to look at too is yeah. the competition is steep. Like the difference between a superstar and in a star, maybe a couple little plays right here through, through there. But the amount of people that that are good is just different. Like so, yeah, you 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 need all the above. You need them to elevate people. You mm. need better talent. You need be, you need to have a playbook that can get you some easy yards, and you need a defense. You ain't just yeah. one or the other. That's true. So take Higgins out of the equation then. Yeah. What's the next tier of receiver you would take, or you would take Burns over? So where does it go? So no Higgins, is it Evans? I, I is would, it Pittman? Like where, where does it go before you take Burns? I over would receiver? take uh, Higgins and Pittman over Burns. I, I think Evans is the tough one because of his age. Uh, that's a Evans. I don't. Uh, the Evans one is tough. Because I, I would get really excited. Nobody else. He's the only one. Yeah, I'd take Burns over Ridley. I'd take Burns over Marquise yeah. Brown. Yeah, I agree with that. Jason, where are you on Burns versus Mike Evans? I think that's the tough one if you had to choose between the two. How old's Mike Evans? He's 30. Oh. But he just led the NFL in touchdowns at 1,255 yards. See, last it's season. hard because it, this is where it's really hard because the Browns window is right now. Now. Right so now. So you can't yes. really worry. In theory, you would take the 25, 26 year old defensive back. Right. But right. in reality, you got to go right now. I think I'd go Evans if I had to choose. Uh, but I would go Burns, like I said, over Ridley and Marquise Brown. I think that's a, a, a notch below. Yeah. Oh, I would take Evans over yeah. Ridley for or, uh, Burns over Burns Ridley, over Ridley or, for sure. Or Brown. Or if Evans is hard. Yeah. If you, I'll ask you guys if if you said the Browns was going to do irrational things with money. <laughs> and pay guys that are a little older, yeah. then there's a chance that they could either be hurt or like they just fall off a cliff. But they had a, they had a 75% chance of making the playoffs and a 50% chance of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Would you take that and know that in three years, the Browns ceiling would be eight wins? Oh, 100%. You, oh, I would always give up future... Eight, like, possibilities for like they're seven and not seven wins eight win team because they got it they got it you know especially tools. when you're desperate and and in a way look I, I think the comparison for the Browns in a weird way can be both the Cubs and the Indians at the time in 2016 both those organizations at that time felt very desperate they knew they had really good teams and what did they do the Cubs and Gar and, and Indians traded for 
Aroldis Chapman and Andrew Miller, Miller respectively. Yeah. They said, forget it. Both teams traded good prospects. The Cubs traded even better prospects. And said, they said, we have to win now. This is our chance. And, and that's in baseball where in football you can lock it up even more because it, there's less uh, randomness to who wins the championship in football. So I, to me, you have to be 100% all in. Like, if I had to give up another couple of first-round picks to get a great wide receiver right now, I'd do that. No. I'd do whatever it took to be good this year. Now, there's no – we haven't talked about wide receivers in the trade front. I know we're not on wide receivers right, right now. We could do it for a second. But is there any – I'm trying to think, is there any good wide receiver that could be traded this year, realistically? Earl mentioned A.J. Brown on his show yesterday. I love Earl. You know I love you, Earl. I don't want to get into that because his trade proposal, what he told me yesterday, was the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, so I'm not going to call him out for I, it because it was ridiculous. I don't I, – Stephon, Stephon Diggs, the Stephon Diggs stuff. AJ, I don't, why on earth would the Eagles trade A.J. Brown? Not, There's zero not. chance they're trading A.J. Brown. Stephon Diggs. And if they good. were going to do it, they weren't going to do it for Greg Newsom. Sorry, Earl. <laughs> um, the, the, no Devon, chance. Devontae Adams doesn't really make too much sense. No, Devontae like, Adams is too old at this point. Yeah, like he, his window was like two years ago. So gonna, I just don't see – like I guess Adams could be traded, but I'm not giving up breaking the bank for him. I don't think the Bills are trading Stephon Diggs. There's no way Philly's trading A.J. Brown. There's no way the Bengals are trading Chase. Jefferson's not getting traded. Now, I will say this is this is one of the best receiver drafts in, right. in a long well, so then, time. Then trade up. That's what you know. That's what you do. But do you, but they, but do do you, you trust, trust the Browns to get it right? Or do you trust a rookie to be that like? Well, yeah. That, well, the special rookies are that good. We saw it last year with Tank Dell and yeah. again and Puka and Jordan Addison. Go earlier and draft earlier and give yourself a bigger target to yeah, shoot at. That's I, right. Part of the reason I think the Browns have struggled drafting receivers is because of where they're taking them. That's fair. And there's fair. not that many. We've pointed out the one or two guys that they've missed that have hit after they've selected guys, but it's mm-hmm. not a high number. Yeah. yeah. you got to go earlier to get these guys. The fir- most of the top quarterbacks are top 40 picks. You know, either first round or early second round. It's the same thing at receiver. Yeah. Most of them are top 40 picks. There's always one or two that fall through the cracks. Of course. And that's more luck. Yes. Than anything. Because yeah, obviously, it's easy to say now, oh, Amon Ross St. Brown was a fourth round yes. pick. And yeah, somebody should have known that. Yes. But it for was whatever the, reason. I mean, got, Detroit didn't think he was worth the second rounder either. Right. He, they got lucky. And yeah. the same with Puka Nakua. Yeah. The Rams can pat themselves on the back and, and say that they knew he was going to be a star or whatever. Yeah. But if they really thought that, they would have taken him in the second exactly. round or third round. Right. Now, Bull, I will say this. Yeah. Now, if, if, they, if they took a, a different approach and said, well, look, we already had the defense player of the year. We had Schwartz. This is his second year. Yeah. We think we're going to try to make this, do this a different way. Now, if they go out and get me two stud defensive players, I'll have to go to Deshaun Watson and be like, hey, you got to throw for 4,500, dog. <laughs> we ain't getting no receivers. We're going to try to develop these young dudes, get a dude late. But if you gave me two stud defenders where yeah. I could put it with Miles Garrett and they say, we're going to try to win it a little bit different, yeah. right? Then you would have to look at Deshaun Watson and say, yeah. hey, we can't have it all. Mm. It's, a two, it's, a, it's more than true. one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. Couple more guys yeah. going back to the defensive side of the ball. Another guy who will almost assuredly hit free agency, Levante David at linebacker. As it currently stands, the Browns just don't have many linebackers signed under contract. Would you take a flyer on Levante he David? Old. How old is price? he now? He's 30, but it's coming off a very productive season. 30? So you take I, a I thought he was actually older than that, so that's not fair. He's a monster. I, mean, what I, I, I wouldn't. There's almost no He's linebackers I would lower. back up the truck for. Yeah. Lord. 
That's he's a really good player. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, him? I think he's 34. I'm way off. Oh, 34. oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Four, I think, my right, right. Like, I thought I, he was old. No, my, I'm not. My I'm, hand up. My no. bad. My bad. I know he had a good year last year, but nice. No, a 34 year old linebacker. No thanks. Is it a one year deal? Like, I mean, a one year deal. Yeah, pay him. I'll pay him whatever. I'll pay one him year. one year deal. I, I'll rock with him. You that production with JOK? That's cr- he's one of the best linebackers in coverage. Um, his boy Devin White, I think, is a, a free agent. And boy, has he fallen off. But Levante David is, uh, yeah, he's he, he's a monster. He's a monster. He's uh, he's one of the top. Jason, top where are you on Levante David? One year deal, but nothing more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. Give, I, so I wouldn't I'm not go, back, I backing up the truck because backing up the truck means I got to yeah. give him multi. Yeah, so you're, you're not matching. Essentially, no. the question is: Would you match whatever his best offer no, out no. there? Oh no, 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 no! That. I ain't that crazy. No, we're all on the same page. Okay, this next player will most likely be franchise tag. Will probably not actually hit the market, but I'm assuming because you said yes to Brian Burns, you would also say yes to Josh Allen if he were to hit the free agent market. This is the Jaguars' Josh Allen, yeah, not the quarterback. Oh hell. <laughs> well, I'd say yes to both Josh Allen. <laughs> right. Anybody named Josh. A- yeah. Anybody with the name, the, the initials J-A, yeah. I'm taking them. Yeah, I'll take throw, throw J-A Adonde in there, too. Uh, <laughs> Jared yeah. Allen? Not I mean, Josh Allen's better than Brian Burns, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. I think they're the same tier of passing. Uh, I, I think Josh I Allen think Josh is a better, al- better. A better athlete. Yeah. Better at more I'm explosive. Josh Allen. And, and by the way, I give him, and he's young, too, right? He's 26. Oh, yeah, he get, he's getting I, – I, yeah. I'd max him out. Mm. Can we trade for the other Josh Allen? Uh, what do you think it would take the Bills to give up Josh Allen? Nothing. Seven first-rounders? And Greg Goose. And Greg Goose. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know what's funny? Real good. quick. Yeah. Earl and Anthony have a mic. And no matter how, how much they know they have a mic here, when they chime in, they just They don't yell. use it. They just yell. Uh, is this thing on? Yeah, they, yeah. All right, hey. last one before we move on. Josh Allen, I like this is a position, movie. not necessarily of need, but a position of interest. Well, Antoine Winfield Jr., the all-pro safety from the Bucks, probably a tag candidate, but if he were to hit the open market, Bull, I know you didn't love the safeties when we did the championship foundation earlier this week. Would you match any deal for Antoine Winfield Jr.? In a la-la land where I don't have to worry about cap, yes. I mean, I guess I just said that uh, – I mean, he's a he's a fantastic player, and I don't. I think their safeties are overrated. So oh, I wow. would, but um, they've missed in free agents. If you want to call Juan Thornhill a miss, I don't think he's a total miss. No, he's but, not. No, John Johnson was a miss. John Johnson. Thornhill's was a total like miss. okay, he's fine. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know that they've gotten what they've expected to no. get out of their last two free agents. No, safeties. no, no. I think that's so. Fair to I say. would rather have. I would rather have him than anybody they he's have. He's the best safety in the league, almost. Like if you have him he's up there, like he was awesome this year. He, yeah. Like, come on, yeah, six sacks. Yeah, I, I would take it. That's great. Eight, he has eighteen. No, that's his career. Sorry, don't let me. Look. Can I see last year? Yeah, we'll give you one sack. G. Is he better than Jesse Bates? Oh Lord, he has six sacks. hundred twenty. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, I, I'll take uh-huh. him. Uh, it's not a position of need. Because um, I actually like the guys they got behind him a little bit, too. I like some of those dudes. I like, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, the kid Hickman. from Ohio Ronnie State. Hickman. Hickman, I like him. Um, I like Bell. He's a special teams guy. But, I mean, he's this guy right here is a dude that can put your defense on a different level. So, if they came to me and was like, look, if you – this is La La Land, right? But if you said, hey, all right, we're going to get – we're going to get uh, – what's the name, Jones? Yeah. We're going to get Chris Jones and we're going to get Winfield. 
Well, it looks okay. Like the, well, it looks like the Cleveland Browns. Oh, the Browns uh, better uh, better not give up thirty points to the Texans oh, in the playoffs. Yeah. By the way, yeah, <laughs> you got to go to Schwartz and be like, whatever you was wanting to get some Texans. Yeah. Don't run that, that anymore. Get that out of the playbook. <laughs> no excuses. All right, Mike. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you guys being a little patient on that exercise. Some good discussion, and I yeah. do think there's a chance that one of those seven lands in the Cleveland Browns. Which one? If I'm Andrew Berry. Like, I'm selling out for Brian Burns. I really think he's a perfect I think he's system. probably the only one that makes sense for them if you consider what they need. And half those guys are not going to make it to free That's agency. That's the other part of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also think, though, in a perfect world, a one-year deal for Levante David sure. would be awesome. Sure, on a one-year deal? Would, would be perfect. I think he'll get more years and more money elsewhere, so the Browns probably won't match. But in a perfect scenario, yeah. Levante David next to JOKG, Man, that's tough. All right, we're going to move on, but first, a quick word from game time. If you're looking to get seats to a sporting event, a concert, a comedy show, anything in your life, you better be using game time because they make it so simple, and they make it easy so you don't have to worry about buying last-minute tickets. They have the best last-minute deals, all in prices. You can see the view from your seat, and their best price guarantee takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. I actually used this when I went to the Cavs game before the All-Star break. We saw our seats. We got exactly what we expected, and the prices were unbeatable. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account and use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, that is just creating an account on the Game Time app. Promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. In overtime yesterday, we talked about the... All state teams that NBC Sports put out. There was a team from California, Georgia, Louisiana, and it made us start to think about Team Ohio. So we're going to build our own Team Ohio here with the parameters. We give up on this project after we saw the list. (laughs) It is tough. We thought Team Ohio would be a little better. Team Ohio. Now the parameters are they have to be born in Ohio. Born in Ohio. Team Ohio. It's funny. We think there's a lot of great NFL talent in Ohio, but. the teams that were being compared yesterday in this exercise, <coughs> it was a quarterback, a running back, and then three wide receivers slash tight ends. And I'll show you guys the other teams real yeah. quick, Steve. Once this, you could, Did you guys hear a delay now? What's that? Oh, my goodness. This delay's terrible in my ear. Steve, you don't hear that? Did you hear that? They hear, pull, okay, it's pull back it together, now. Mike. It was not me. It's technology. Steve, take tag. I know it's please. Friday, but focus up. <laughs> These were the other teams we're comparing to, by the way. You can see Team Louisiana with Dak, ETN, Jefferson, Chase, CeeDee Lamb. Team Florida has Lamar, Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Gabe Davis. Team Texas has Mahomes, Dobbins, Waddle, Evans, Cortland Sutton. Team Georgia, Justin Fields, Alvin Kamara, Tyree Kill, uh, Jacoby, Jacoby Myers, Myers and Evan Ingram and Team California, Josh Allen, Joe Mixon, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Adams, and Michael Pittman. So that's what yeah. we're going So up we against. thought, oh, Team Ohio's got to have a team to match these. No, there's no. a reason Ohio's not listed in there. No, no. no. In fact, he, I thought we'd have Joe Burrow at quarterback, but he didn't live in Ohio until he was like 12. He was not or 11. born in Ohio, so he does not count so for this. Team Ohio has nothing. Travis Kelsey, that's it. Uh, yeah. Russell, have, Wilson, Russell Wilson has to be the quarterback. Oh, is yeah. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I was thinking. Okay, so the quarterback's Russell Wilson. we got to go with two running backs because there's no good receivers. So, right, so we'll go David Montgomery and Kareem Hunt. Man. we got Montgom- Travis Montgomery Kelsey. Montgomery for sure. What's that? Has, Montgomery has to be a running back. Right, and then you go with Kareem Hunt, the second running back. You go with Travis Kelsey, 
the best wide receiver in the NFL right now that's from that's from Ohio is probably Paris Campbell. Unless we want to make Denzel Ward a receiver, do we think Denzel could be a better NFL receiver than Paris Campbell? No, Paris get, Campbell is a starting NFL receiver. Denzel would get no, killed. No, not starting. But Den- Denzel can't starting. even stay healthy for at corner. Yeah, he'd get killed. One hit, he's, he's, he's not large. carrying him off. So that's our team, right? We've got, I think we've got Russell Wilson, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, Travis Kelsey, and Paris Campbell. That team ain't winning nothing. That team sucks. <laughs> It, we it, got a lot of good. It's defense. wild. As good as like the Ohio high school talent is yeah. and like as tradition rich as it is. I guess there was a law about 10 years ago. Well, there's a lot of good defensive players and like offensive linemen. Yeah. Hey. But, uh, and I guess maybe we get, you know, and Ohio State's had more players from out of state in recent years. Very so a lot so. of their big names. Ohio still does. I think we're either fifth or sixth in most NFL players. Um, but all the good ones are on defense or the offensive line. Te- Texas is big as a country. Texas is big. Like Texas is like. Let matter of fact, it we was should a make country. Texas become their own country. Uh, get rid of it. You know how crazy. I feel about Texas. That'd be Ugh, fine with Texas me. Texas is a shithole. Let's uh, get rid of it. That you, was tough. I was a little surprised by the Georgia Louisiana talent. Yeah. Oh, Louisiana. Like they, yeah. they didn't came up like Georgia and Louisiana. Like you expect Texas, Florida, California. Yeah, right. You expect that, right? But I saw Georgia and Louisiana. Was like, wow, okay. And I mean, it makes from the SEC perspective, it makes yeah. sense. Georgia and LSU are great every year, but yeah. you just sort of assume that they recruit from all over the place, right? Exactly. All right, so team, we, team Ohio sucks. Could we, team Ohio. I mean, hey, there's probably the other line? states that might have better N- teams. N- I mean, Nuggets, you would have had a better chance of doing team Ohio basketball. Yeah, I mean, LeBron, mm. Steph Curry. Somebody says, uh, Nick, Steve says, how does Team Georgia not have Nick Chubb? I don't know. We didn't make those. Uh, who's Team Georgia's running back? Was it Kamara? Is it Alvin Kamara? I mean, Nick Chubb's coming off a massive injury. Uh, but 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 if you just say Nick Chubb, like prior, like, yeah. matter of fact, can we I see mean, Team Georgia? Like Alvin Kamara is a pretty good back. Can we see Team Georgia real quick? Yeah, Steve, take that. <clears throat> Justin Fields, Alvin Kamara. Tyreek Hill. Oh yeah, no, Evan Myers. Ingram. If you if you if you swap out Chubb for Kamara, and then just uh, and t- and then get rid of yeah, uh, Jacoby Myers and keep Kamara because he can catch the ball. If you take your your, if you take your emotions out of it, if you ask every team in the league who'd you rather have today, Alvin Kamara or Nick Chubb, you'd take Alvin Kamara. Probably Kamara. Chubb's yeah. having coming off an injury, so maybe that was why. I don't know. Kamara, listen, with Chubb at his best is better than Kamara, but not by a, a lot. Kamara's a really good back. So we'll wrap this up real quick, but yeah. we all decided yesterday that Team Louisiana was the best with the wide receiver did. trio of, Jace, yeah. of Chase, Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb. What's the line? Team Ohio versus Team... Can I see Team Louisiana again? Steve, take tag board full. Yeah. They're playing a five-on-five game. Five-on-five game. What's the line? Louisiana versus Ohio. I mean, who's playing defense? Those guys. Seven on seven flag football I mean, rules. We don't have a prayer. No, it's it's against anybody. Thirteen and a half is the line. Oh, that wouldn't even be close. I, I think they'd be favored by forty. Who who is defending Lamb, Jefferson, and Chase? Travis. Travis Kareem Hunt. And Paris Campbell. <laughs> and Paris Campbell. Oh my god. <laughs> can you imagine they would score imagine? at will. Can you imagine Kareem Hunt in his backpedal as they come off the line of scrimmage? <laughs> Team Louisiana would score every time they had the ball. Kareem Hunt. Without would be, exception. Yeah. Kareem Hunt would be backpedaling. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Blew my hair out. That's a sad right. It was quick. It was yeah. quick. We did an overtime. What would the Ohio basketball team be? That's a good question. Uh, that's something we have to do with What you mean? It's LeBron and Steph Curry. Everybody else is dead. Uh, that's all you need. What that's else true. Steph, Steph doesn't count, though. He, yes, he does. Yes, he's he born does. in Akron. He's born in Akron. Born yeah, in he Akron. Here, he didn't even Bo- live in. It, it's if born. If you can't count Burrow, then you, you can't, can Yeah, but Burrow Steph. moved to Ohio when he was like 11. Oh, G. Bush, you're right. Yo, some of these guys who are currently in the league, LeBron, Steph, Karis LeVert. Didn't Steph move out of Ohio McCollum. at like age one? So, no, what'd you he say? Was young. He was CJ McCollum. Terry Rozier. Oh, yeah. Larry Nance Jr., Gary Trent Jr. Did you really put Larry Nance Jr. with the rest of those guys? He's a good I'm just rotation naming guys. player. I'm just naming guys. He's Damn. a good rotation player. Malachi Branham. Who's got the best teams in basketball? Team California? Team New York? Team California is kind of tough because they would have DeMar DeRozan. They would have James Harden. I don't know where any of these guys are from in um, basketball. Oakland. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, Kawhi. Yeah, Russ. Where's well, Russell Westbrook they, from? Would, California? California, I think. Would they have, would Team they, California would have. Where's Durant from? Washington DC. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, you ready for listen? Team California is definitely winning. Team this Washington, is not an order. Good too. These are just a list of NBA players. Okay. Well, real quick, you know who'd be excited to to be the coach of Team Washington DC is Brad because you know who's from Washington DC, Carmelo Anthony. There you go. This is uh, just players from California. Yeah. Jared Allen. Yeah. Okay. Lamelo Ball, Demar Derozan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Paul George, Aaron Gordon, Jalen Green, Tim Hardaway Jr., James Harden, Drew Holiday. Jaime Hawkes Jr., Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Brooke and Robin Lopez, Kevin Love, Dead. That's pretty good. Evan That's Mobley, dead. Isaiah Kevin Mobley, Love even in the Norman Powell, no. Clay Thompson, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Clay? Russ? Where is Clay? I didn't even realize Kevin Thompson was still in the league. Uh, Kevin Love. Where is he playing for Miami still? Yes, he plays for the Heat. Yeah. Hey, Team California don't make nuggets. Team Cali's winning. Team California Can got we divide 17. California like Northern and yeah, Southern? Yeah, we might need to. It's too, that's hey, too much. Hey, Mike, where, what is Kevin Love doing for Miami this year? Is he playing at all? I don't think he's even playing. I'll I saw him check. playing a little bit the other day. Oh, really? But it ain't nothing crazy. It's, Why did he just retire at this point? What's he doing? Because they give him an ungodly sum of money to do nothing. Jeez. Kevin it's, Love has played in 44 games, plays 18 minutes a game. Oh, okay. So he's playing. No, Rotation guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Speaking of basketball, yeah. we're going to move on, talk a little Cavs after a quick word from FanDuel. You can get buckets on your first bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Last, yesterday, Mike asked the question, Jason, are the Cavs, were the Cavs before last night's game, obviously, more likely to go 25-4 and four the rest of the year or 10-19? and 19? And we all said they're, they're more likely to go 25-4 and four than 10-19, and 19, even though neither was likely. Yeah. And then the one caveat was, unless Donovan Mitchell got hurt. Now, he's not hurt. He was just sick. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. But G. Bush yesterday said that if Donovan Mitchell didn't play, they still wouldn't go 10 and 19, even if he didn't play all 29 games. They wouldn't go 10 and 19. No. Without Donovan Mitchell. No. Although their March but schedule, but they, you, they do have some. But they'd be more likely to go 10 and 19 and 25 up. and 4 without Donovan Mitchell, right? I mean, I suppose. Yeah. But again, we're talking one, about their schedule real is streams. Their schedule is crazy. Yeah. But They're playing a lot of games in not that many days. They, they were pretty awful yesterday. Although Orlando shot the hell out of the ball yesterday, too. They did. Cleveland also shot pretty well if you look at the pure numbers. But, G. Bush, we have a tweet from your uh, post-game immediate thoughts afterwards I want to bring up here. I want to let you address 
what you had to say. Steve, take tag board full. This was G. Bush last night. All that talk about Donovan Mitchell being overrated is dead. The Cavs look like a playing team without Mitchell tonight. If they can't sign him, this is what you're in store for. The offense has reverted to dribble, 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 damn near 20 turnovers. Hashtag Cavs. I don't think any of that With is a fair. With oh, That's completely fair. You're basing it on one game. Completely fair. I, they look just like they did when they lost to the Atlanta Hawks in the play-in. They yeah. look like that when they lost to but the But it's Brooklyn. one game. I, I get it's one game. I mean, game. any team's – but you don't prove you're overrated. You don't prove you're not overrated to the playoffs. First of all, who's calling Donovan Mitchell overrated? Yeah. I, all, anyone, everyone's That's talking true. about he should be getting more recognition for MVP. Well, no, not every, less. It, it, the whole half of the year was like, oh, trade him, and then oh, you well, know, not because he's overrated, but there's this false sense of security that yeah, we have Darius Garland. So if we do lose him, then we're good. We're just right. I don't think you think no. anybody really feels that way. Anybody. No. I, I think a lot of people feel who? that way. Like regular fans? Like a lot of people. Like when, people, when we talk about Donovan Mitchell, it's almost yeah. like this thing where, okay, yeah, we, we, we got the core four, but we still got Jared Allen. That's why we won't trade Mobley or, or Garland because yeah. we got a fallback plan. Oh, no, 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 no. They ain't got a fallback plan. Did you notice the softness on that court yesterday? They let a runway model, Wag Wagner, just flex on him, mm. pose on him, yeah. knock him around, do this. And Brad Doherty is like, yeah, you know, Cavs got to, you know, give some resistance here. Man, they got, they got, I was like, where is the game that we saw a couple of weeks ago? Like, we, there was, the pace was slow. Uh, there, there was, the ball rotation, it was dribbling around, probing. And I'm like, this is not the mm. same offense. It just wasn't. Jason, what'd you think? Well, I was in the air, so oh, yeah. I, I saw the condensed version this morning. I was I, I caught a little bit of the game here and there, but I didn't get to see the whole game, obviously, because I was flying home. I would tap the brakes on any overreaction to one game, although I will say, remember last week we were talking about going into the break, and I thought it was a big win to beat right. the Bulls, because now if you don't come back and win that game, now you're on a three-game losing streak. Right. You look like crap. And they played lousy after the break last year. Yeah, so – I. The part I think Garrett's talking about, and this is what I've said, if they have to move on from Donovan at some point, they still have Evan, Darius, and Jarrett. And together, that core three is what's going to carry them into the future. And that's part of the reason why nobody's trading Darius Garland in that organization right now, because you're already really concerned with what Donovan's future is, so you're not going to trade a guy that you do have control over for still X number of years to come. Because if you trade Darius and now you lose Donovan, well, what do you got left? Nothing. So Darius isn't going anywhere. And he's not played great this year. Like, full admission, yeah, this is not a great year for him so far. But last year they were great together. Like, they were fine. Donovan and Darius were fine together last year. And when you have two smaller guards in the backcourt, it does make the game harder. The benefit, the what makes it better for the Cavs, is you have two monsters – in the front court. If you're going to be small in the back court, you have to make up for it on the on the front end, and they can do that. And that's what's different about yeah. this pairing as opposed to the Colin and Darius pairing, which I never liked. Right. Or Dame and CJ in Portland yeah. was defensively Portland couldn't mitigate how small they were in the right. back court. It is it is hard to win with two small guards in the NBA. It is. But if you're going to do it, if you have any shot at doing it, you got to have what the Cavs do have, which is Evan and Jared in the front court. Right. I, I would say that, first of all, I, I think it's unfair to 
judge what this team would be without Donovan Mitchell based on one game. Especially the first game coming out of the break. Right, because nobody wants them to be without Mitchell. But in theory, if they were next year without Mitchell, you would hope that Evan Mobley would have a totally different game, that he'd be scored. We don't know. So to judge it based on one game this year, that's – uh, to I'm, me, is completely unfair. I'm not. I'm not judging it all on based on one game this year. I'm judging it based on the way that Darius Garland has played since he got back. I'm. I'm not basing it on but, one game. But gee, if if there was no in theory, if there was no Donovan Mitchell, and first of all, he's coming off an injury. It had, how many games has he played? I mean, the like six games. Darius. Yes, yeah, since he's been back. Uh, more, more than that, but it's okay. Still, ten games. Ten. Yeah. I mean, it's not enough of a sample size, and he's getting used to a new system that the other guys have been playing for months. And he he better he got catch up, bro. Like like you can't. You, but when you're the point guard, you cannot turn the ball over as much as he does. Gee, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not. Nobody's debating that he's playing well. I'm just saying to turn that into well, they would be terrible without. The, yeah, of course they're going to be worse without Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't. Every team's going to be worse without their best player. What, what, what's alarming to me is yeah. this, and, and 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 take the hyperbole out of it. Just look at it this way. Yeah. When you look at the way that they were playing with just Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell and role players. That looks like night and day from what they're playing now, and they have starters back. Yeah, but they've been playing well outside of yesterday's game. I mean, they won 18 to 20 before yesterday. What I'm saying to you is, if you watch and you look at the games and you watch how they're playing, right? When Darius Garland came back, yesterday we're still winning. But most of the time, he was like, well, where am I supposed to go in there? And that's where you have the regular season for him to figure it out before the playoffs. Because there's no arguing that they're a better team with, with Darius Garland than without him when it comes to the playoff time. Yeah, good. They beat up on all the scrubby teams. They mostly beat bad teams without without those guys. I, mostly. I, I look at it like this. I look at it like this. And, and yeah. I'll ask you, and this is the question that, that you come in talking about, right? Is Darius Garland, let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Is he a max player? Of course not. Does anybody think he is? He's not worth the biggest contract in franchise history, but yeah. that's the situation that they were in at the time. Like, right. you either got to pay him or you don't. Right. It's kind of like signing the, a quarterback. Even if he's not the best, you're going to... So, he's just the Watson deal then? Well, no, they, that's it. Well, that's <laughs> totally when, different. When, when they paid, <laughs> what, except yeah, when, except, I'm trying to figure it out. Except when they paid Watson, I thought he was one of the five best quarterbacks, and I'm still hoping he is. So you had less, less of a. I never thought Darius, Darius Garland Dar- was one of the five Dar- best point guards. Darius, when he signed that contract, was one of the highest rising, fastest rising, up and coming guards in the NBA. He was the one on the U.S. Select team. He was the one that other guards were talking about, like this guy is going to be. Now, has he continued to elevate at the at that same level? No, probably not. And part of that, I think, is the fact that he's got to share the ball handling duties with another guy in the backcourt. First, it was Colin, and then it was. Now it was Donovan, yeah. and Donovan is a far superior, better player than Colin Sexton. Like, I know there's still some people out there who think Colin is like some MVP in waiting, but Donovan is a far better player than Colin Sexton. So there's a, there's a dance that you have to do. But usually when right. you're the point guard, you got the ball in your hands, you're running the offense, and, and that's how it is. But the Cavs, ever since, really since he's gotten here, that hasn't been the case. They've always yeah. had two creators, and that's not necessarily so if he was the thing. only guy, what would he be? We and, and what would Evan Mobley be if there was not – who knows? We don't want to find out because we want you're Donovan better with, to stay. You're, you, you're better with two, theoretically. Yeah. yeah. And the Cavs insist – I haven't had this conversation with them in 
quite a while. But at one time, they kept saying, Darius is, is great playing off the ball. We've got the numbers to prove it. He's comfortable playing in an off-ball role. It'll work. It'll be fine. Yeah. This has not been a great year for him. But nope. that doesn't mean that you blow the whole thing up and, no, and you move him out. No, no, no. You're not going to blow Nobody wants – if he's their best player, they're not good enough. We know that. We don't even know if they're good enough with Donovan as their best very player. Very rarely, very rarely in the NBA do you win when your best player is your point guard. That's right. Like – very, very rarely. Isaiah you Thomas, can, Steph Curry. You can say it. Steph, but look at all. I mean, Steph had trans, transcendent talent around him. Right, he the but best he was still their best created. player. And so did Isaiah Thomas had great talent yeah. around them. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, to Jason's point about two ball-dominant guards, theoretically it works together. And I'm not ready to sell my stock on the Donovan-Darius pairing, but you look in Atlanta, they thought DeJounte Murray and Trey Young can play together. Those mm-hmm. two clearly can't. And they're going to end up trading DeJounte Murray this offseason. That's been a disaster in Atlanta. But one thing I did take away from yesterday is without Donovan, and maybe the thing that Donovan does best that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, it's constant aggression. And yes. Whether he's attacking and scoring for himself and or attacking, drawing the defense, kicking to the corner. The defense can never really get set. They're always in constant motion trying to figure out how do we cut off Donovan, what's he doing, and last night – it felt like in just right. a one-game sample size, Darius was kind of playing with his food and going more east to west than north and south, and it allowed Orlando to kind of set up their defense. Yeah. And Orlando's a big team, too. Like, across the board, from point guard to the center, they have long, they have length, they have athleticism, which is a bad matchup for an undersized Cavs backcourt. But one other thing I want to point out, and Jason, I'm curious. I know you didn't watch it last night. Gee, I know you did. But Evan Mobley was aggressive early yeah. and then kind of disappeared for a little bit and then got aggressive again late. But I thought without Donovan in the lineup, this was a chance for kind of the Cavs to not necessarily change their entire offensive philosophy, but allow Evan to be a little more aggressive in the focal point of things. And it looked like that was the case early, but he made a field goal with about six minutes left in the first half, in the first quarter, excuse me. I don't think his next field goal make came until the last minute of the third quarter. And mm. I was a little disappointed that he wasn't a little more aggressive with the extra opportunities that the offense allowed him to get without Donovan in the play. It was just, it was just, just two things I noticed. It, it was just, I think you bring up a very good point. When Donovan has the basketball, he's, he's forcing the issue. It's either I'm going to get to the rack and, or I'm going to look to get my guys. And if I don't got it, I'm moving the basketball. When he comes off the pick and roll, I, I was just sitting there texting. I was texting uh, Lima, and he was, you know, talking about ball. I say, Garland needs he, – he needs to shoot more threes. Like, he he needs to – like, when Sam Merrill come off the screen, he's aggressive. Like, if you give me an inch, you better not go to that pick and roll. Give me an inch, I'm firing. The same thing with Donovan Mitchell. Like, he, even when George Niang gets in the game, he's ready to shoot. It don't matter if it go in or not. Yesterday, it was more of a – more probing – like he keeping his dribble alive under the basket, and then when he gets into a position where you know the defense collapses, he's just kind of looking to throw throw the ball and get the guys laid in the shot clock. I, I and I get it, you know, because they talked about it on the telecast. You know, when you got the ball and you Darius Garland and you've been a point guard your whole life, you used to having the ball. It's difficult for somebody to be like, no, no, just change what you do now, and that's what you've been doing. Um, I, I think that's more difficult than people let on. Um, but for me. I think it's another alarming thing where sometimes JB, like if it ain't all going right, like pull a lever over here, right? If it ain't going all right, hey, give me, hey Sam Merrill, come on, give me a spark in here or something. Uh, or, or, hey, listen, Evan Mobley was aggressive. He saw Evan getting the ball going down court, pushing the pace. Hey, guys, listen, Evan got a, he got a matchup today. 
and he's telling them be more aggressive. Make sure, hey guys, Donovan ain't here. We need we need y'all the rest of y'all three. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all supposed to be super aggressive. But it just didn't seem like they was they was in that mode. They was just kind of like, uh, you think see. that's on the coach, Jason, to pull a lever? Well, yeah, to pull a lever is on a coach. No, I mean, like, the specifically get in their face about being aggressive. Is that or is that just you know, is that up to the player to to, to do it? I think it depends on the moment. It depends yeah. on the situation. I, I don't know that there's one blanket answer that covers everything. Yeah. Uh, to Mike's early, like, I'm kind of glad Donovan sat that game. I want to see him sit more games down because I. That's one of the things Mike and I talked about on the podcast. Mike said, like, what do you want to see out of the Cavs the rest of the way? And I said, I want to see them play left-handed. I want to see them do things they're not comfortable doing mm, because right. in the postseason, teams are going to put you in positions to make you do things you're not comfortable doing. So do it now. Play left-handed. And that means Darius and Evan figuring things out together. Okay, it didn't go great last night. So what? Yeah. It's Orlando in February. Yeah, right. That's the right. time for this to not go right and to yeah. figure this stuff out and to keep working on these things. It, do, it does you no good to put the ball in Donovan's hands and have him go and try and win every single game you play in the regular season. That does not help you in April, May, and June. Right. It's good but for him. They to do want to be off. the two seed. I mean, there is there there's yeah. there's a big difference. Yes. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's okay to have nights like last night. Sure. Because you learn from it, and hopefully the next time it gets better. And if it doesn't, well, then hopefully the next time it gets yeah. better because you are building. For the middle of April, you're not building for the end of February. The only the only thing I will say with, with that is I agree. Like you're not going to just scrap everything because you had a bad game in February against Orlando. But the alarming thing is, if I was JB, if you're not making shots, okay. If you're fi- trying to figure out the offense, okay, that's cool. But one thing we're not going to do since the Knicks is we're not going to come get punked. We're not going to we're not yeah. going to get that knocked is, around yeah, by guys, that. and that's not going to happen. And the game was chippy last night, and then after everybody's all friendly, shaking hands, which is a little weird. They, after, they, they, they muddied the game. They muddied the game up, and, and, yeah. and that's what teams are going to do to the Cavs. Darn one Wagner last brothers. stat Go ahead. to kind of put just this is one number that kind of shows you the difference of Donovan versus no Donovan. The Cavs attempted twenty-two three-pointers last night. That's their fewest since November seventeenth. Just weren't generating the open looks. They've been yeah, the Cavs are like. You remember the? Uh, have you guys seen the original Bad News Bears movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And and when when uh, what's her name? I can't remember the fe- the female pitcher that ends up being on the team. When you know sh- they were terrible, and then she became the pitcher, and then all of a sudden everybody else played better too. Yeah. Every time she pitched, but every once in a while they'd throw Rudy Stein back on the mound, and the other guys stunk again every time he was pitching. That's a good it's player. Kind of the, it's, elevates it's, the talent around. Yeah, him. that's right. There you go. Uh, we're going to head out to Arizona for Jay Crawford and Amanda, spring training. But first, if you're looking to go to a Guardians game, whether it's spring training or regular season, <coughs> you better be using game time to get your tickets. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. The best part about game time is it's just a simple click of a button through the app. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, create an account, redeem promo code LOCKEDON, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And with that, let's welcome in Jay Crawford from sunny Arizona. Oh, there he is. No sunglasses, Jay. Yeah. No, it's – I got to tell you, I need them because I, I have light eyes, so I'm very light sensitive. But I'm going to try to brave it. Um, the sun is high enough right now in the sky yeah. that I should be able to get away with it. Man, I wish you guys were here. I really do. We'd have a blast. 
just because a the weather and yeah. b there's something about the smell of fresh cut grass oh, and the sound good. of a bat hitting a baseball it just it really gets you into spring mode and uh, bull i know how much you look forward to the start of baseball season too yeah. day four of all full team workouts um and the first spring training game starts uh it's tomorrow actually so the season really will start getting underway and it'll be fun to watch because there are some position battles this year guys mostly it's going to look very similar to the team that was on the field last year but you're going to see a couple of new wrinkles mixed in here and there jason you know that you just left here and those are really the exciting watches during spring training see who emerges yeah. as the right fielder and where certain guys are going to fit in I would think first base, you know, I'm, I'm calling Naylor the DH. I would think first base, shortstop, center field, and right field should all be up for grabs, no? Jay, I don't know about you. Um, center field, to me, feels like straw. It just does. It, no, it, I am I misreading so. that? Yeah, I, I, really? I disagree. I think it's I, – I mentioned at the top of the show today, Stephen yesterday, Stephen Vogt just slid in there very strategically that, oh, yeah, by the way, Tyler Freeman is, is – they're t- taking a look at a Tyler, too. I think they want Estevan Florio to grab onto that job. I do, too. This spring. I, eventually. But do you think he's ready at the start of the season, though? I think that's what they want. Now, we'll see. Wow. We'll, we'll see what the next six weeks show. But I think they want Florio to be the I center I mean, he's fielder. done all he can do in the minors. Yeah. He's killed the minors. He yeah. has. And I think now, I, we, Freeman might actually get a chance at this. We'll see. We'll see what how many how many reps he actually gets out there. Uh, but but I, I don't think it'll be Miles Straw in center. Let's hope. Yeah, yesterday uh, we spent all day talking to players. We've got more player interviews lined up today. But at 10.30 or 12.30 your time, here as soon as I'm done with this, I've got Chris Antonetti and we're going to talk to Stephen Vogt in sit-down interviews. So we'll really get into those specific battles. But I don't know. I, I do feel like, and Jason, I'm sure you picked up on this, there is a clear shift in – philosophy at the plate did you notice that in talking to guys because I was surprised some of the things that I heard go ahead and go deeper on that I mean they read they revamped basically a lot of their hitting instructors and they brought in a lot of new guys uh there I know they're working on swing speed with a lot of guys and Quan in particular is looking for making harder comp harder impact on the baseball and uh so Chris Lake is back as a hitting coach but they have revamped a lot of their a lot of their system so I'll go into uh, – we've got a soundbite that will help go into that too, but um, I picked up from several players just in conversation, not necessarily in interviews, although Will Brennan went there on the interview, that you know this whole idea of contact has led to them being in the basement in home runs. And they weren't just last place by a little bit. They were like 26 or 27 home runs behind the 29th-ranked team. And – that gap is just far too great. They were like 175 home runs fewer than the top teams. So you can't continue to do that and expect to get different results. You know what that leads to. So uh, some of the guys were hinting that, yeah, they're probably going to be a little more aggressive at the plate this year. But the one thing that we got out of the talks yesterday was Will Brennan was very specific. And, Mike, I know you've got that soundbite ready to go. Let's hear what Will was saying about – how this thing is sort of moving in a different direction. How is the mindset different this year from last year? Last year, you're coming off all the inertia and excitement of a little playoff run. And then obviously this year, things didn't end or go really the whole season the way the team wanted last year. What's, how's the vibe different? You know, all those young guys that we have, uh, everyone has a year under their belt. And that's just 
a year of experience in the big leagues is different than any other level in baseball, and we're going to utilize that to the best of our abilities, and we're going to be really successful this year. It's, it's going to happen. Obviously, it's a power game, and everybody talks about the lack of home run production last year from the outfield. You guys have to hear that. You have to. I'm sure you work on it in the offseason. What are you feeling in terms of uh, what you have to do performance-wise? Do you, do you feel that you have to become a home run hitter because that's what the team needs? I feel like you have to evolve with the game. And obviously what you just said is 100% on the, on the head right there. Um, you have to evolve. You have to you know, be able to, to take some chances, take some risks. And we have that ability. We, we've led Major League Baseball and, and not striking out. And we've, you know, the backside, we've been last in home runs. So it's, we have room to take some chances and, and make some, some errors in that aspect in order to, to hit some more home runs or hit, hit some more slug. Do you think the philosophy has changed? I mean, obviously with the new manager, but the hitting coach is the same. Have you seen a shift in philosophy and like, okay, look, contact's great, but let's take some swings? 100%. There's a new theme around camp, and it's just every single day it's kind of kind of be beaten in our heads of, of, hey, we have to slug. You know, that's just the way the game's going. You have to hit home runs, you have to hit doubles, and you have to drive in those runs. And... I mean, we lost 31 one-run games last year. You knock out half of those in wins. I mean, we're a 90-win team, so it's it's a different club, and it's we understand that. We have a chip on our shoulder. It's gonna be a good year. It's interesting that you say that that the team has embraced this change in philosophy. A lot of times, teams are slow to change, but I think this was so obvious. It's as a fan, it's refreshing to see that the team and the organization has said, "Okay, we tried it." We had some success with it, but you, you got to keep up with the Joneses, too. 100%. And, you know, are we going to be the Braves or the Dodgers and lead the MLB in home runs? Absolutely not. But we're going to take pride in hitting doubles and driving those runs in and run the bases really well with some more slug and maybe some more strikeouts just because we can take that risk. So, again, you know, I, I said it in the interview, it, it is refreshing to hear that they're willing to go in a different direction. You know, they, they gave that a shot, and that's, that's nice to hear. And he's right. On the 31 one-run losses, if you win half of those, you're walking to a division title. Now, granted, they also had a lot of one-run wins, and they're going to have to keep finding out a way to grind out those close games. But an increase in home run production will certainly make it easier to win the majority of those one-run games. Let's pivot now to pitching. We talked on the show, I think last week, about which of these five starters is best positioned to win a Cy Young Award. We didn't talk to Bieber or Williams yesterday. We're going to talk to them here in just a little bit. But we did talk to the other three, and we talked to Austin Hedges, who though he's not the everyday catcher, he knows this staff very well. Here's what they had to say about the fact that all of these guys are sort of Cy Young caliber guys. What a staff. What a pleasure. You're too young to remember the 90s Braves, but Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, they had guys that were going to win Cy Youngs, they were going to win 20 games. We had a conversation on the show the other day about which one is most likely to win the Cy Young, and all five guys came up. That doesn't happen very often. It's, it's, it's what we do here. It's what we do here. We pitch, and we develop pitching at such a better rate than everybody else. How? It's not just... What are we, what's going on here that isn't going on in other places? It's the people. It's the people, and the people here allow the people that are also pitchers to be free enough to be themselves. This is you, you know? Tristan doesn't need to be Shane Bieber, and Bybee doesn't need to be Gavin. They need to be themselves, and this organization does such a good job, but like, this is what makes you great. 
go do that over and over and over and over again. And when I'm watching our bullpens, there's seven dudes throwing. Right now, I haven't even heard of half of them. And I'm just like, that dude's nasty. That dude's nasty. That dude's prepared. That dude's executing all his pitches. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know him yet. But I'm like, that's what they do here. And, and I know also, I know that all those dudes are great dudes. Because you're not, you're not a Cleveland Guardian if you're a bad dude. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I feel like we've got a good, good blend of, like, veteran leadership with Shane. And I guess Tristan's considered a veteran on our team because we're all so young. Um, and then you have, like, me, Gavin, and Logan, who kind of <clears throat> went through the ringer last year a little bit. Kind of got introduced. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's all about healthy competition with us. I think we all want to be the best. We all want to be the ace. But obviously, we respect each other a lot. And I think at the end of the day, we're all just trying to be the best and be in a good spot. It's it's really cool, like you said. I mean, all, all five of them, you feel like, could, could win the Cy Young. Or, um, Shane has obviously done it before, but the other four could make a case for. Um, but it, it, it is cool to kind of follow up that and be a part of a bullpen group behind that starting rotation because of how, how dominant they are. And it makes it a lot easier on a bullpen when you got a good starting rotation like that so you're not throwing in the second or third inning every other day. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of see the growth and the maturity of, of the younger guys in the staff. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I think we, we definitely take a lot of pride in, in that being our identity and being able to uh, – to do that, do our part for the for the offense for the bullpen. Um, I think we kind of have that internal competition. Like you're always trying to not only compete against the other team, but we're kind of trying to best each other. And I think that kind of brings out the best in all of us. And you know, it definitely leads to a, a lot of good things. And we're definitely excited to have Shane and Tristan back healthy this season. I think that that's going to bode well for us. And like I said, we're excited, ready to go. Who is most likely to win it? I mean, I, I, the easy answer for me to be me to say me, um, but I would say Shane probably to repeat, right? I mean, he's won it. <laughs> he's he, won knows, he knows what it takes. Yes, he knows what it takes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're too young to remember the 90s Braves staff, but they had, it was the same thing. They had four guys that were easily capable of winning 20, and they always talked about how they slingshot one start into the next. If Glavin went and threw a four-hit shutout complete game, then Maddox felt like he had to come back and go the distance and give up three hits and no right. runs. Is there some sort of competition? Do you feel that there's a competition that way with you guys too? For sure. I think it's all like in it's all healthy. It's all in, in good fun. It's never, you know, I'm hoping for someone to do bad. It's always like we want someone to do be- do good and then we just try to do a little bit better, you nice. know. And I think that, that just kind of does well for the team as well. It puts us in a good spot to win a lot of games. So that's I think we have that for sure. That's very refreshing. And, you know, so young, Cy Young. These, what's really impressive is you've got the veteran in Bieber. And it's funny because the younger guys are kind of looking at McKenzie as, you know, he's one of the veterans on the staff. He's still so young. Talked to him yesterday. He said his arm feels great. Psychologically, he says there's absolutely no worries of another injury. Remember, he started with the shoulder and then it went to the elbow. So I know he's not worried about it, but fans and I'm sure the staff will be watching him very closely to make sure everything's okay. Now, I know we've got limited time, so I want to get right to this. Obviously, on our show, we've talked a lot about Austin Hedges, not just the impact that he has on the clubhouse, but Bull has been a big, big critic of his. We're going to get to that in a second. But the other thing we always talk to our audience about is how much this guy looks like Ant. And I actually asked him yesterday if um, if he was aware that he's got, a, I don't want to call him a stalker, but he's got someone running around Cleveland who's, kind of stealing his identity. Take a look. We got another guy on our show, Anthony, one of our producers. He is your twin. 
He bought a Hedges jersey and wears it around town. He's pretending to be you. I mean, if, if that is the case, then I got, I got to meet him because we're talking about the two best-looking guys in the world now. Like, the guy's got to be absolutely gorgeous. He's a pretty guy. He must be. I got to look into those eyes at some point. I, what's scary is he has the same beard. He's trying really hard. But is it the clean beard or is it the playoff beard? No, it's the clean beard. Okay. It's what you're wearing right now. It's right. cropped. Maybe in October he'll let it go. Get you got to. Yes. Yeah, he's telling me he's got to let it go. In Here's the thing. He can't spell. His name's Anthony. We call him Anthony Cantispelli. He can't spell. Bro, he makes spelling errors on our graphics all the time. Can you give him a little... Buddy, spelling? There's, there's spell check. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't... When I'm texting and stuff, like, I don't even try and spell things right, and Siri will fix it for me. Like, spell check. Come on. Come on, Anthony. Be better. I refuse to be better. I won't be better. Spell check is a scam invented by Grammarly. We, we don't have the side-by-side graphic ready, guys. Do you yeah. got that? I do not have we it We do, no, I think. I, I oh, didn't put it in tag You sent me the morning. picture yesterday. I did. Hold on. We'll get it ready. Jay, I mean, set up this next one while we, we set, uh, set this in, in motion. I can't wait to hear this All right. one. Yeah, so this one, Bull, I want you to pay particular attention to this yeah. one. Bull, you have been extremely hard on Austin Hedges. And yes. I can honestly tell you this. If you spent one day here in camp, one day. Wow. Did you shave? Yeah, he did. Oh, my God. He shaved. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you spent one day here in camp or around him or the guys and you talk to the players about him, I promise you, you would get it. You would understand why he was such a huge priority to bring back. And I did ask him to give you a message. Take a look. I love what about politician? You've been mentioned a lot. Yeah, you know what? I see it. You're the no, mayor. These guys, these guys are too young to even know how to handle all that. I can handle all the comments, all the all the all the mean things people say about you. I can handle. Bring that. it. Yeah. We got a guy on our show who says mean things about you, Adam the Bull. I'm like, bro, he does everything well. He does all these little things. He's like, he doesn't he doesn't hit. Look in the camera. Tell Adam the Bull he's nuts. Well, I don't hit. You're actually, that's accurate. I'm working on it, but we'll get there. I try and do other things. <laughs> hey, look, hey, he's ski masking. Listen, this is crazy. This, this He's ski yeah. masking. I love red. it. This guy is so I good. I love it. He's like, yeah, I can't hit it all, bro. What you I, talking about? I, I love Austin Hedges for that. I love that he kept it real. By the way, I made it clear I got zero problem with him being the backup catcher. And I know right. he's a good locker room guy. I just don't didn't want him to be a starter here. No, and that's fair. Yeah. And and I'm sure he understands that's fair. He knows what his role is here. Yep. He's here to help tutor Bo Naylor, yep. to teach him how to be an everyday catcher, who, by the way, that kid is also great on the microphone. Um, he was just tremendous in, in the interview that we had with him. But, Bull, I, I, again, I, Jason, you see it. You're out here. I talked to 10 players yesterday. I asked them about the clubhouse and the vibe and how is it different from last year. And every man that was here last year brought one thing up. We miss Austin Hedges. His presence in the clubhouse, how he keeps it loose, how he stays on us in a friendly but competitive way. Jason, his value to the team, I get it now. I totally get it. His mouth is never closed. Yeah. He's talking the whole time he's in there. (laughs) My only beef with Hedges back this year is that – could they have used that $4 million for Randall Gritchick or Adam Duval, who might be upgrades in center field? It shouldn't come down to that because they should – I mean, think about this team. If you just signed J.D. Martinez and Adam Duval today as your DH oh. center fielder. 
Well, who knows? I mean, maybe yeah. one of those deals will happen. I, I wouldn't hold my breath on it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, Bull, and yeah. it does make perfect sense. But it, it, when you, if you spend any time around this group, no, you, I get you, you really do understand it. I mean, that I know it's a roster spot, and I yeah. know it's $4 million, but I got to tell you, I'm not saying it would have been different last year if he was here. Obviously, the pitching staff being decimated with injury had a lot to do with that. But the the atmosphere is loose. Everybody is focused. Everybody knows what the job is and what the task at hand is. And I got to tell you, I know fans may have lowered expectations because you look at the offense and you wonder where the offense is going to come from. But this team is very confident. Jason, I, did you find that too? I Like, they think the division is very winnable. Yeah, it is. I mean, they should think yeah. that on February 23rd. But there's nobody good in the division, so 85 <laughs> wins might be enough. Nobody's going to run away with it. Yeah. No. And, and they should which, feel which good. Is why with that, the pitching that they have, they should feel confident. Yeah. Right. And you know yeah. it as well as I do. You, if, It doesn't matter if you win your division with 80 games, 90, or 105. Everybody starts at zero once That's the right. playoffs begin. Just get in there. And when you've got the pitching staff that they have, Jason, can you remember the time in Indians-Guardians history where there was – this kind of quality starting depth, I mean, all five of these guys had a lot of success at some point in their career, and the young guys obviously all looked great last year. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. I mean, you, you go back to the, the Kluber, Carrasco, Bauer, that was probably the heyday of the last 17 years in Clevenger. Yeah. And this that, has the makings to, to duplicate that, Yeah, this could be sure. as good, even better, yeah. maybe, but Bobby we'll needs see. to take a step. Yeah. Gavin Williams needs to take a step. Logan Allen needs to take a step. He's a little right. he's a step behind those guys. Espino, I'm anxious to see, although I yeah. don't know that he's going to make the majors this year coming off that injury. Espino may actually be the best of all of these young guys. He we was. haven't seen him yet. No. We'll see. He hasn't pitched in two yeah. years. Fingers Thanks, crossed Jay. on Espino. Um, yeah, guys, I know you got to run. Yeah. Um, I'll see you back there on Monday. See all you right, buddy. Enjoy Jay the weekend. From Arizona. Good to chat with him. Some funny stuff. I love it. Look at that. That's they pretty do look good. alike. That's, That's pretty good. And good for Austin Hedges, man. I, he seems like the best guy. He really I does. mean, I love that he, you know, hey, he don't man. take it. Seriously. And, you know, so it's That's so awesome. great. Good you for know, him. I love capitalism, man, in America. You know, where, can, where else can you get five, four, five million dollars for being a good guy? That's right. And they just tell you straight up, listen, we, go, we only put him on the roster because he, he, right? By, by the way, <laughs> he's also really good at what he's here to do, which is be a yes. defensive catcher, framing. Yeah, and good, he can good. really help Bo Naylor defensively. Sure. Like that between Sandy Alomar and Austin Hedges, like Bo Naylor's got two terrific resources yeah. to learn my, from. Again, my only beef with him this year is that the Guardians may be using it as expense as a four as million is not a lot. Spend any, four million is a lot. I have zero team. problem with him being their backup catcher. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, one quick thing before we get to super chats, we put a poll up during the interview, and the exa- I want to say this exactly how I worded the poll. Only one can live. Who are you saving? Anthony or Austin Hedges? <laughs> and I'm proud to announce that 60% yeah. of the UCS audience is saving Anthony. Let's give a round of applause to of Anthony. You are dead to me. Hey. 60? Only 60, huh? Hey. Only 60. Hey, Anthony. After That's this, outrageous. After this show. On this show, we're at least at 90%. After this show, uh, burn, burn that graphic. A grown man can't have his mouth cocked like that, like this. It can't be like that. Never catch me in mid sea No. <laughs> Why your mouth open like that? Grown men don't have their mouth open by, like that. <laughs> by the way, speaking of which, do you know, I, I bought a, a, I had to buy a bag of Jolly Rancher candy, right? Yeah. Be- did you have to? <laughs> No, oh, I'm yeah, not what, even what, eating. What was the need? What, what was the, what? What, 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 it didn't, ha- 
Wait a second. <laughs> I was being forced to buy the quadruple cheeseburger. First of all, I haven't had a single one of them. Of fries. Okay. <laughs> I haven't had a single one of them. Aaron has okay. Aaron has post viral cough. Okay. So the doctor said use you know to have a sucking candy. Blah blah blah. So he, I said, which one do you want? He goes, Jolly Rancher. I said, okay, fine. So I bought a bag of them. And then Aaron goes, hey, Dad, look at the slogan on the Jolly Rancher bag. It's kind of sus. Have you, are, are you looking at it? No, no I'm, I'm emailing Diana about a Techno 1 issue. I was oh, just laughing at Aaron. That, that's, but the uh, fact yeah. that Aaron said sus is hysterical. He, he says sus all the time. And so I go, look at the, the Jolly Rancher bag. The, the, the slogan is, keep on sucking. Yeah, that is very sus. And the fact that, and the fact that Aaron knows that suspect as a grown man, <laughs> like as a young adolescent man, how we're great—that—that's crazy. Yeah. Like he's evolving, right? So you don't even know. Like due to Pokemon, he didn't yeah. even—he's already on the sex, like the the, the next ex evolutionary oh, yeah. step of being like. Well, no. we were watching uh, the first two episodes of the new live uh, version of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Are you into that? Yes. Okay. Now listen. Now what's the okay. like, dude? Are we out of time? How, we got oh. super chats. I got to right, get to. Real we, quick, let me do super yeah. chats and super save your chats. avatar uh, comments in for one sec. Halim Youssef has two super chats. The first one says, "The Browns are high on Elijah Moore. Was used the wrong way for seventy percent of the season and still had his best season. He has the skill set of a solid number two. No, so no don't no. forget, guys. No, he's no. only twenty three. <laughs> no, he that, didn't. let's get on him. That, that's recency bias. Bye. He must have forgot how, what was going on during the season. It's by, by the way, before the season, there were a lot of people here that thought that too. Let's be fair about it. Uh, you know, and uh, Elijah Moore's just a guy. Let's face it, he's just a guy. Halim also says, I'm not saying don't go out and get a big time wide receiver. I just believe the Browns won't spend huge money on it. Because they love the upside of Moore and Tillman. Moore's got no, <laughs> all the Moore's got no upside. Moore's got no upside. He said the upside. He threw Tillman in there, too. That's how that package. You talked about me warming it up about Deshaun Watson yeah. being an apologist. He's warming this up. Yeah, and oh, even yeah. Grand, the grand, we just had Groundhog's Day. Oh, he talked about the, pat, the potential. He likes the room. Damn. <laughs> Shout uh, out next to Super Chat comes from Matthew Dinkus. Dinkus. Matthew says, man. Between Bull saying the Brown safeties are overrated, G saying the Cavs are soft after one game, and Jason, well, just being Jason, y'all are all out of pocket today. <laughs> That's because Jason came back. I'm in a great mood. Like, like, I was, like he was having fun. Back like, from the sun. Like, he's I like, didn't even I'm say not, anything mean today. I don't think I, this I, was I, low key, Jason. Yeah, today. all right. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't really say anything bad. Go and ahead. Uh, That's last fair. one comes from Overall. Young Majestic 3303. Yeah, Mellow is from Brooklyn. Oh, how do I not know that? I think he, oh, yeah, he, I think he grew up in D.C., didn't he? Yeah, he, play, he played at DeMatha. No, he played at DeMatha, then he went to St. Anthony's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then he went to Oak Hill. Oak Hill, not St. Anthony's. Sorry, Oak Hill, not St. Anthony's. You know, we played them one year in high school basketball. With who? Um, my team played them. Uh, Oak Hill. Who? Like what players specifically? Um, Anybody famous? At the time, it was the dude. Um, he, he is the, uh, the, the white point guard from Maryland. Blake. Steve Blake. Oh. I played against Steve Blake. Mm. All right. Yeah. I didn't do anything. That wasn't their best class, I guess. No, I, I had like two points. Some white point guard. We don't need that. All right. Uh, <laughs> coming up, we're moving to WKYC <laughs> Channel 3. Uh, we got a lot to get to there, so we'll see ya. Peace. Peace.
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.